Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. back with you folks and uh, as we go along in these songs of the night these psalms we're on psalm 72 we're going to bite off those first 11 verses with me as always is my friend my fellow knuckle-headed advisor uh to those well she's not knuckle-headed but she's a advisor to all things knuckle-headedness and uh so stephanie what is going on man well good morning doug uh not much is going on i mean I am just sitting around popping chocolates, taking life easy. So, you and know. I got I got a whole bag of dark chocolate in the mail yesterday. <laughs> uh, the card was signed Emmy, but I, I know it was from the Wesco worship team. And I ate like five or six of them yesterday. I did. I should yeah, have. In all honesty, I'm not popping chocolates. In all honesty, I am um, trying to stick to my diet plan. Um, I feel better when I do that. So, um, but yeah, doing well. I mean, birds are chirping. When the birds are chirping, there's a reason to smile. When the sun is shining, there's a reason to say thank you, Lord. And um, so. That old Carpenter song, one of Debbie's favorite songs. On the day that you were born, the angels. Something about the birds. I don't remember it now. I shouldn't <laughs> remember it. You know, I, I remember the first line of it. It's not any good. But anyway, the birds were chirping for Debbie and the lady in that song. So I used to sing it, but I don't recall it. I do not remember it is what I'm saying. So anyway, Psalm 72, I do remember. And this is a Psalm of Solomon. So we we had looked at different ways that maybe were, this came Doug, about. Huh? Doug, were you planning to do a knuckleheaded moment this morning or were you just oh. passing it over? Oh, man. Well, I, I don't think we can go through and I believe it's your turn. So for the Norton knuckleheaded moment, moment, you might be a knucklehead if. If you are blaring music so loud in your car that when another car pulls up to you, the people are wincing or covering their ears. You know what, folks, this, this hits the nail on the head. All right, turn down your music. You don't have to bring on noise pollution to people. Again, this comes down to what type of person you're going to be. Are you going to be that person that blares music? And uh, you know that brother we were talking about, the full moon over Louisiana guy, the guy whose pants fell down in a coffee shop? <laughs> he used to blare Christian music at the top of his lungs. And then when you'd talk to him, he'd be like, huh, huh? And uh, yeah, it was, don't do that. Stop it. Stop the music. Stop the, and, and at gas stations, the you know, making me rock. I mean, it's just kind of crazy. It does. When when your when your ears are wincing and you go away with a headache. Yeah. Yeah, you're not having the kindest of thoughts towards that knucklehead. And if you got a hole in your jeans, it crawls up under that hole and makes things worse. So it, it kind of <laughs> we were able to hook together two knuckleheaded moments to make a point. And and I and I believe that's that's exactly what the knucklehead moment is all about, is being able to share them, being able to hook them together, uh, seeing great knuckleheadedness amongst them. 
So anyway, here we are. You're a knucklehead if your music is uh, affecting other people. So back at Psalm 72, and please turn down the music. Back at 72. I mean, if you're driving down the road, you're going 70, you're in your car, and you want to listen to real loud music, and you're not offending anybody, well, that's okay. Um, but I, I do recommend that if you're going to blare music, that you blare Stephanie Wesco and family, uh, yeah, by, by the Carragher Management Production Team. So anyway, here we are. Now, that one's worthy. Steadfast in Trials. Buy that CD today. Download it on your device. Play it through your car. Turn it up real loud. That one you can do. Now, don't even do that at gas stations and stuff. Don't do that. But listen loud when you're going down the road. Uh, give the king thy judgments, O God. And now we're in Psalm 72 and verse 1. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. So, you know, Stephanie and I are rightly believing after reading that in verse number 20 that David's part of rightness for Solomon. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. The mountain shall bring peace to the people in the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break into pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and the moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that watereth, that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish in abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. Wow, there's a lot going on with Solomon. I just caught Stephanie in a full-pledge yawn. You know, when you look back and her yawn is taking up about half the screen, you know you got some... Oh, oh. Yeah, man, I, I'm telling you, if there was a... If there was a pigeon going by, it didn't stand a chance. But luckily, she's inside. <laughs> but anyway. That's so mean. And I shouldn't have. And there I am ruining your fun. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, we go through this. Right up front, uh, this psalm, is uh, it contains some idealistic tone. Uh, it's talking about bowing down, things of that. I mean, what's coming to your mind in those first 11 verses as we went through them? Well, it's interesting um, that it's it's almost, you know, if we look at this from the perspective of David and Solomon writing it together, it's almost like they're praying and crying out to God and asking him for wisdom, um, asking him to give David the understanding of how to judge um, and by judge, I mean how to um, rule the land, how to be a good godly king. And there's that constant thread again that goes through 
God ultimately receiving glory through blessing Solomon, through giving him wisdom, through bringing these other nations um, under his dominion. And um, I don't know, it's, it's a very interesting psalm. It's obviously very different than what we've been covering. Yeah. But I love in verse five how how it says, they shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. And the ultimate goal here, I think, was still that God be feared as the high king of heaven. And that was Solomon's desire and that was David's desire as they wrote um, wrote this prayer, this um, song to God. And, and, you know, Solomon brought great peace and prosperity for mm-hmm. years. And, uh, yeah, he did. And, 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 you know, maybe, maybe, Maybe that's, this prayer was answered, but you know, God promised Abraham that he would rule, that his descendants would have the land from the river of Egypt in the south, the Euphrates in the north, and all the known world, really. Now, he doesn't have that quite that much as a kingdom, but he certainly has a large kingdom there. And yeah. I'm praying yeah. about that. And, and if you could understand, I think, the magnitude of, of that type of dominion, too, is what's going on. And I believe Solomon and David got the magnitude of what God was calling them to do. And, and I think that, you know, I think it's hard for us to rule over our families. And I think it's hard for us to do the job sometimes in the things that God has us do. I think it's a pretty important that we find ourselves like David and Solomon going here and, and uh, you know, asking the Lord to give us his judgments, to be on our side, to be with us, to 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 rule with us, to, to be those people. And, and I think that's... Uh, I think it's a pretty significant thing we're seeing. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son, and uh, and he shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. I, I think right there in verse number two that, that comes to mind right away is justice, you know, righteousness and, and judgment. That word judgment, I think it's justice. God rules with, he's a just God. And so what comes to my mind as I'm looking at that is, we need to rule in our little spheres. I mean, we can equate this to what God has given us, and we always need to be just. One of the hardest things in the army, I think, was ruling the same for people that I thought were really good soldiers and people that just didn't seem to have it to me. I had to give everybody the right chance. I had to give everybody uh, the same feel. You know what I'm saying, Stephanie? Everybody... And I think that's what they're praying for there. Are we given, you know, and I guess the question would be, Stephanie, do we give everybody in our lives the same chance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I love it. Solomon had a heart for the for the people that weren't, he, he, he did not want to be a respecter of persons. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Solomon had a burden um, on his heart and he would have, re- he would have gotten that burden from his dad. Uh, when you go back and look at who's who gathered around David when Saul was chasing him, it wasn't the glamorous wasn't the glamorous dudes that were rallying around David when he was fleeing from Saul. It was the rough, it was the rough tough guys. It was the guys that um, weren't the most stellar from um, a perfect politician's perspective, but these guys knew what justice was. And so David would have instilled in Solomon a love for justice and a love for the people that are suffering. Um, we see that even, even in the midst of David covering sin, Nathan knew 
how to appeal to David. He knew what angle to take in appealing to David through presenting it as a shepherd who lost his one lamb. In other words, he used a very unjust scenario to confront David with truth because he knew that was in David's heart. Um, And so I think that's the heart that you see here in Solomon um, where he's, he wants to be able to righteously judge the poor of the people to save the children of the needy. In other words, he has a heart for kids. He has a heart for those who maybe have been born into poverty. Those who haven't been given, um, at birth, all that he was given at birth. He, they weren't born into royalty. They weren't born into riches. And Solomon has a heart for those kids. And we should, and and I, I, not to stop it for there, but I think we need to for a second, we should be that way too. You know, there's respecters mm-hmm. of people at churches. There's respecters of people on the job. There's respecters of people wherever you may be. And we should have this same type of doctrine, this yes. same type of feel, this same. Uh, yeah. th- this is something that we really need to work at. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I think that's I think that's where you're going with that. We need to look yeah. out. You know, if we got a bus kid, he's just as significant as your deacon's right. son. And look at that church. And Stephanie's working with, we won't tell you where or anything, but she's working with a family where the deacon's son is getting away with basically hurting people and things like that. But everybody else would be, I mean, this is just plain, simple justice. And when you start doing stupid stuff, you deserve, uh, you deserve for God to take you out. You know, may God recompense you for that. May may he take you out. May he you know, take you out of that position of leadership. May he grow you. Yeah. I, I don't know, but but I like what you said there when you went to verse five, they shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. It's talking about really like expanding his kingdom and mm-hmm. and, uh, and Solomon does expand. I, I really, I think he does. And and uh, so I think that's some pretty important stuff and it's it's more of that. And I mean, what are you thinking there? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think as we go down through those verses, it's, it's all about Solomon wanting to see God glorified. Um, he wants to see God come down like rain. Um, I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful, um, picture. Um, we think of spring coming and rain, how it gives life back to the ground. It gives life back to the plants and, he says that he shall come down like rain upon the mown grass. And that is such a beautiful picture. I mean, it's kind of funny to think they, did they mow grass back then? I don't know. I mean, how'd they do that? But that when I read that, I can smell, I can see, I can picture a heavy rain coming after we've just mown our lawn and the smell that's there, the, the kind of the sense of, new life that comes with rain and yeah you take that and when it happens right after you mow a nice green lawn mm-hmm. and the rain comes down and it waters that and makes it even look greener and but mm-hmm. thinking of god as like that rain that just envelops everything just makes yeah. everything feel good uh, yeah. increases the smells i mean except for spaghetti meatballs that's one of my favorite smells on earth you know and uh <laughs> Yeah, so after spaghetti and meatballs would come that one. And showers that water the earth. Boy, that's pretty good stuff. And then that next verse, Stephanie, it says, In his days shall the righteous flourish in the abundance of peace, so long as the moon endureth. That's some pretty heavy stuff right there. 
Yeah, I think there's a promise that, you know, we know that Solomon had a peaceful reign. God gave him a peaceful reign. Um, David had been a man of war. He had been a man who had fought many battles for Israel. And um, David had wanted to build a temple. And God said, no, your your hand, you know, you've, you've shed, you've, however God worded it, I'm trying to remember. Um, but David had been a man of war. He was, he was a man who had shed a lot of blood um, and not innocent blood, but he had um, been involved in so many wars and fighting the Philistines and all of those things. And so David had prepared for Solomon to be able to build that temple. And God had promised David that Solomon would do that. And so it was like a part of that whole promise was the land having rest, that God just flourished. God did um, flourish his kingdom. He gave him an abundance of peace and he gave him incredible dominion. And um, it was for the purpose of Solomon doing the job God had given him to do. It was for the purpose of Solomon being able to fulfill the calling God had put on his life. That's why God gave Solomon peace. That's why he allowed him to flourish. Um, he was rich. He had the money, the resources then to build the temple. And um, I think that's what David's alluding to here. It's what Solomon's alluding to is that flourishing and that peace that God was giving him along with dominion. Um, it was like the perfect package. Yeah, I think you're right. And and I think this is a good thing here. And going into nine, they that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him and his enemies shall lick the dust. Again, I'm expanding. The prayer is, the goal here, where we're going is uh, for more kingdom so that we can serve God better, so that we can take care of the kids better, so that we can take care of the poor people better. I, I just... I, I think it's kind of cool in that direction. And uh, and then he brings up some kingdoms that are pretty strong. And he's saying they're going to bow, you know. And he's bringing up some pretty strong kingdoms there and places people wanted to go, places people wanted to hang out. And, you know, but he goes on and it says, they that dwell in the wilderness. So even where you're at now, you know, we're coming. We're going to we're going to expand. You know, that's going to become our territory. Then it says the kings of Tarshish, not terribly far from them, of the isles and of the isles shall bring presents. The king of Sheba in Seba shall offer gifts. So we're going to get to the point where we're going to take everything between here and Tarshish and, and Sheba and Seba. And they're going to be offering gifts to me because they don't want to be run out of office. Yeah, well, and I think of... Um, I don't know if you can tell from your commentary on your end, but um, this is this almost prophetic for the Queen of Sheba, um, who came and presented gifts. He, she heard of her uh, heard of Solomon's wisdom. She heard of Solomon's God. She heard of all that God had done for him and wanted to see it for herself. And the Queen of Sheba, who came and presented those gifts to Solomon, and Solomon showed her um, what God had done for him. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing, you know, and that's, um, this is one of the reasons that we don't stop praying for God to work in the lives of our leaders. Even today, um, we're not in Israel, we're not in, in this same situation, but that our leaders would honor and glorify God and that those of our leaders who don't, that God would work in their lives and in their hearts and deal with them because the nations, the kings of the earth should see 
God and our leaders. Um, and so I think this is a call to me. I'm reminded here to pray that the kings of the earth would fall down before God because someday they're all going to, they're all going to bow the knee. And so to pray for our leaders, for our kings, for all that are in authority, that they would bow down before the God of heaven now so that they're not having to do it as we're, we learn about in Philippians um, one day when they're forced, that they would do it of their own free will. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, as you go on here, I think that, uh, you know, David conquered everything he had. He won it through battles. Yep. Like you said earlier, he was a great warrior. And uh, he knew about strategic planning. He knew about battles. He knew about all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, Solomon, this real bright, this honest, and that's where these treaties and stuff come in. What an example the Bible gives us. Solomon mm -hmm. comes on the scene, and he, he does treaties. And, you know, he marries his daughters off to... Uh, neighboring kings and things like that. I mean, he's, he's doing everything through treaty and family growth and planned marriages and stuff like that. See, if you had been born in that day, you could have been married to a neighboring king or, or governor or something like that. Uh, but uh, anyway, I'm, I'm glad you weren't because then we'd have missed out on all the CDs, you know. You'd be over there getting the royal treatment right now. But Right, yeah, no. You know, there's a great thing, though, there's a great thing when we look at the wisest person ever. Now, he messed up. Obviously, he had a few wives and people who weren't his wives and stuff. But to look at the wisest man ever doing things by treaties, doing things in a peaceful way, expanding the land. And uh, and I just think that's kind of neat. I think that's cool. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations should serve him. And uh, all kings, all nations. And then we come to Christ. And yeah. what does the Bible tell us about Christ? Who's going to fall down in front of Christ? Mm-hmm. Every knee shall bow. And boy, that's a thing. And I don't care uh, who you are. And and that's one of the things, you know, I know we go through this and every single day we, we end this podcast. You know, Brother Eric gives a message every single day. Uh, Brother Cody and Brother Eric are our staff working on this podcast and and every single day they blend in a very serious message about knowing for sure you're going to heaven, about being saved, about doing the right things. But I'm here to tell you, friends, every knee will bow for the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, you know, be happy about that today. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, it's going to be a good bowing. It's going to be a good thing. Uh, you may be around people who aren't saved, and that's where we tell people. That's where we go back a psalm. And we praise God to everybody who's around us continually throughout the day that we praise him, that we worship him. And, and to see in these, this Old Testament, Stephanie, to see here in Psalms uh, that David and Solomon, they're praying, they're, they're wanting to do things peacefully. They're wanting to do things right. They're wanting to do things where, um, you know, we don't have to be a bull in a china shop, I guess is what I'm saying. There are ways of doing things that don't involve being an idiot. Yeah. And you've, yeah. you've seen both sides of them in churches, haven't you? Yep. Yep. And I think um, when I read these verses about Solomon, you know, you were saying how he was a peaceful king. Um, I think of where Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, blessed are the peacemakers. And there's a time, you know, we learn Ecclesiastes, there's a time for war, a time for peace. And God gave Solomon that time for peace. And, yeah. um, you know, we're told as much as um, 
life and you live peaceably with all men. If it's possible, try living in peace. Try not to be the instigator. Try not to be the knucklehead who's constantly trying to stir up a fight. Um, there, God is looking for those who, um, aren't wearing a chip on their shoulder to get knocked off and who are willing to live peacefully. I, the guys that thrive on creating, um, I know someone who thrives literally on causing fights. He literally thrives on causing division and issues. And I've often sat back and just gone, what thrill does he get out of that? Because that is the stupidest way in the world to live. And that's not the life God calls on us as his children to live. He got- calls on us yeah. to peaceably. I mean, it's a way more joyful way to live. And you got to ask yourself the question is, is this guy saved who wants to start battles and wars? Is this guy right with God? You know, somewhere along the way, you need to be asking those questions. Do I believe that, that people can stink who are saved? I do. But if you just over and over again. So friends, I think the practical lesson is Stephanie cues up this song. It's not about fear. It's about peace. It's about doing the right things. But I think if anything, I think if anything we get out of this at all today is live peacefully, you know, uh, pray to God, seek out God, uh, journal down your thoughts, see how you can have treaties, see how you can get along with people. You know, it's always better to have a cup of coffee with somebody than to engage in a Facebook battle or, you know, and what is that all about? This stupid stuff on Facebook. You know, if you're going to slam someone on Facebook, give their name. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if, if you're going to just make innuendo and say things, I tell people who it is. I know knuckleheads. I'll tell you who they are. I don't care. I'm Stephanie. Won't I tell? <laughs> yeah, I, I call names. You, you'll tell them what you think. Yeah, because, you know, we got to mark them that cause division. But anyway, Stephanie has picked a great song for us today. And why don't we go ahead and finish up with that? All right. When shadows fall and the night covers all, there are things that my eyes cannot see. I can depend on the strength of my friend. He walks along with me. How can I fear? Jesus is near. He ever watches over me. Worries all cease. He gives me peace. How can I fear with Jesus? Praise him. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, 
and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.